1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Christian Walker with two outs. Fly ball, left field. Christian Walker has tied up the ball game. Two thumbs up. It took eight innings, but they have answered back as they always seem to do. Walker is 13th of the year, and it's three to three. So less to that than seems to be. This ball is shot deep into the gap in left center field. That's going to carry out. It's gone. A home run for Freddie Freeman, his sixth of the season, and the Dodgers have a one nothing lead. The 3-1. Hit in the air, deep right field. Brennan going back to the track, to the wall. It's gone. Right center field. The polar bear plunges one into the Cleveland bullpen. It's a game-tying grand slam for Pete Alonso. 0-1. Swing and a high drive. Center field. It is deep. Kiermaier looking back, looking up. It is gone. A home run off the batter's eye. Aaron Judge has gone yard. He says, hey, look at me now. Two-run shot. Yankees take the lead. They're in front 5-3. Murray. End zone throw. Oh, what a catch! One-handed DeAndre Hopkins! Allen fires to the end zone. Wide open touchdown! And there he is! Stephon Diggs! His eighth touchdown of the season. And he just stepped back on the floor on his last possession. Just came back into the game. Zion, a three ball. Yes! Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Thursday, June 15th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlux HD2 100.7, the NL West, who's your pick to win it? Pete Alonzo, Aaron Judge, which offensive stud is missed the most? DeAndre Hopkins, which is the best fit for the player and the team? The Patriots or the Titans? Stefan Diggs, will he ever be happy? Zion Williamson, should the Pelicans trade him? And should the Hornets want him? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's scheduled lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday, and moments with the introduction to today's pipeline. 9.15 or so around Major League Baseball, and plenty, including plenty of Diamondbacks discussion with Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports. 9.30 interactive action at 6.02. 2.60-10.60 and also the local roundup. That will include a Diamondbacks-Phillies Wednesday rewind. <laughs> Easier to do the Barbara Walters thing there. Rewind. And also a Thursday matinee preview. That's going to be a real brief preview. There's going to be a lot of phone call time 
my prediction in the 930 segment. So uh, if you want to get in today, today's a good day to get in. And also the final segment of the Sports Zone will be the National Roundup. That'll be topped by some Major League Baseball scoreboard items and time pending. Uh, there were some uh, you know, serious injury situations around Major League Baseball yesterday. Then after the Sports Zone, of course, from 10 to noon, it's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. That'll include more phone call time, among many things. On to the pipeline, we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, who wins the National League West? And Arizona and Los Angeles are your choices. Sorry, San Diego fans, you don't include to be, they haven't done enough to be included in this question, at least for right now. So Arizona or Los Angeles, and Corey's here and has the early returns. Leading right now 100% is the Arizona Diamondbacks on KDUS1060.com. <laughs> I mean, every time, I've said this for years, when we're doing poll questions, every time we have a Los Angeles question, it's never slanted towards the Los Angeles side because of the... Uh, jealousy and hatred in this community over anything los angeles i think but uh, in this case a hundred percent of the vote okay both teams lost last night the diamondbacks defense shaky for a second consecutive night while losing to the phillies and the diamondbacks bullpen falling again they allowed six runs over the last two innings and lost to the white Sox and blew a clayton kershaw victory Today's Twitter poll question, which team misses the uh, its star player the most? The Mets without Pete Alonso or the Yankees without Aaron Judge? And uh, what do we have here, Corey? Leading right now is the Yankees missing Aaron Judge with 71.4% of the vote. Mets missing Pete Alonso at 37.5% of the vote on KDUSAM1060 on Twitter. There has been speculation that neither power bat will return before July. Meanwhile, the Mets and the Yankees split their two-game series this week. Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole both dominated last night before the Yankees' bullpen without the E-team, so to speak, after their Tuesday night excessive use. Uh, that Yankees' bullpen, the leftovers, basically, gave it up in the 10th inning. Uh, what, uh, what do you expect from the Mets and or Yankees the rest of the season? Meanwhile, Spain, the Globe, the NFL... Uh, is never short of headlines, even in June. DeAndre Hopkins' tour is taking him to Tennessee and New England over the past week. Uh, which team is the best fit for Hopkins and for the team? Uh, for the organization, long, you know, not long-term, but short-term, uh, for this year, that'd be short-term. Uh, which team's the best fit, fit for Hopkins and the team, New England or Tennessee? Meanwhile, the Buffalo Stefan Diggs uh, drama might be over, maybe, not, probably not. Uh, anyway, following Tuesday's confusion fest, Diggs was on the uh, Wednesday Bills practice minicamp field during the, that minicamp workout. Is Stefan Diggs ever going to be happy? Uh, a happy wide receiver. Uh, he was unhappy in Minnesota. He's now unhappy in Buffalo. He's even getting paid. They paid him before last year, and he's still unhappy. And he just leaves cryptic messages on Twitter or wherever else on social media. 
and we just become more and more confused as time goes on. The NBA draft, uh, the rumors are starting to escalate. Topping the list, at least in the last couple of days, is the Pelicans' interest in trading up uh, to, uh, you know, to, to basically with Charlotte uh, by offering Zion Williamson. Uh, they want to select, the, the, they being the Pelicans, and uh, David Griffin, former Suns executive. Uh, they want to, uh, ex- you know, former Suns employee. They want to get Scoop Henderson, who's the highest rated point guard in the draft. So should the Pelicans move on for Zion Williamson? And perhaps more importantly, should the Hornets want to acquire Zion Williamson for the second pick of the draft? Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, it's the pipeline for today. We get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category, so whether it is from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by around Major League Baseball, including uh, plenty of Diamondbacks. Uh, Zach Kreiser is scheduled to join us from Yahoo Sports. Uh, we'll get into some Dodgers, too, uh, obviously. And, uh, whew, that Dodgers bullpen. Um, not good during the season. Obviously horrible the last six days and uh, really seven days now. And uh, if you look at the bullpen earned run averages in the National League after last night, the Los Angeles Dodgers bullpen is last in earned run average in the National League. Dead last. Also, once again, at the bottom of the hour to be phone call time, general discussion at 602-260-1060, plus the local roundup. That'll be topped by a Diamondbacks Phillies Rewind. And plenty, as I mentioned, phone call time, but plenty of phone call time. 602-260-1060. You listen to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7. Check out KDUS AM 1060 on 100.7 KSLX HD2. That's right, HD Radio on 100.7 channel number two. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp, Bob Seeger, and the Silver Bullet Band on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. You're home of the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The Diamondbacks and Dodgers did not resemble good teams last night. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the Sports Zone by Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports. Zach, always good to have you on the show. Let's start with the Diamondbacks, and the defense has been elite, but not the last two nights. While the Dodgers' bullpen imploded for really the fourth time in the last week or so against the White Sox, let's start with the Diamondbacks. What are you most impressed about their 41-27 and start? I think you just have to look at the, the young talent that they have kind of built to a critical mass. Uh, Corbin Carroll, by some measures, uh, I think Fangraph's war has him as the best player in baseball, just full stop right now thus far this season. Uh, uh, he might be a, a smidge behind Ronald Acuna Jr. now, but uh, nothing to uh, be disappointed about there. 
you know, Carroll has been kind of the flashpoint. He's hitting for power at all fields. He's playing good defense. He's leading the Diamondbacks in a base running just triumph. I mean, this is probably the best base running team in baseball. They are great at stealing. They are great at taking the extra base. And I think one of the other things that they've been great at that I wrote about at Yahoo Sports that doesn't get quite as much notice is they've been great at stopping the other teams from taking bases. Yes. Uh, Gabriel Moreno has been terrific at cutting down opposing base runners. And in 2023, with the rules changing and the base running taking on a much bigger part of the game, that has been a, a great time to have those abilities in tandem. Yeah, I'm curious. Uh, Carson Kelly's now back from the injured list, and you know the pitchers love throwing to him. He's actually started all three games Kelly has since he's been activated from the IL. So I'm not. Uh, I'm, it would be interesting to see if uh, you know how the you know the fact that they control the running game will make a big difference. So just a little addendum to to the uh, the catching situation there. The Diamondbacks pitching staff. Yeah, can this team have long-term success in 2023 with just two reliable starting pitchers and with they're yeah, basically I think they're the definition different definition so far of a mix and match bullpen can, can they is is that a formula for long-term success this season I don't think that the exact team they have right now is going to be a formula for long-term success but I I think if you're going to be uh, kind of a surprise contender and need to make a few changes at the deadline, the bullpen is the best place you could possibly want to be making changes. Uh, that is, you know, it's kind of the hardest to evaluate, but it's also the easiest to upgrade at the trade deadline. And so I think the Diamondbacks have a good opportunity to find some some gems, especially with Brent Strom as pitching coach, who maybe have a pitch or two that they're not using as well, or maybe have the chance to add a little velocity, find a couple upgrades at the deadline, and yeah, I, I think you have a path for the Diamondbacks to certainly succeed enough to make the playoffs. I, I don't know if there's... Uh, I, I still wouldn't necessarily bet on them to maintain the NL West division lead the rest of the season, but They've got a lot of good stuff to work with to make it a real playoff contending bullpen. Yeah, the bullpen thing. I was going to get to this uh, later. Let me just just do it now. Uh, Nearly every contending team in baseball needs some bullpen help. Is the the demand for that, which I think is greater than it's always a free-for-all, but I think it's even more of a demand this year, at least as of right now. Anything can change. A lot of things can change between now and the end, end of July, but is the demand going to result in the asking price for bullpen arms for the sellers to be a little reluctant to give up what they might have to give up? It's possible. And I, I do think we have a little bit of a weird situation right now where there's uh, there just aren't that many clear sellers. Uh, the worst teams in yeah. baseball are, you know, bunched up in divisions where they they sort of still have a chance of making the playoffs. You know, you look at the AL and the NL Central, and a lot of teams that might have been on the seller side of the fence in, you know, the vast majority of seasons in baseball history are not quite sure they're there yet this season. I don't know if you can look at, say, the Cincinnati Reds and think, well, they should sell because they're only a few games out. They've got young talent coming up kind of a where the D-backs were last year, just in a 
much easier division to compete in. So I think there's going to be more of an issue of who is willing to sell and how do you find those opportunities to get a good arm if there aren't that many available. I think one of the things you might see develop is a market where two different contenders are trading with each other to try to swap parts. I think, you know, if you look at the, uh, the Brandon Marsh trade, the Phillies made last year with the angels where they gave them an immediate piece for another immediate piece. I think that may be something that you could see the diamondbacks who have a lot of position play young position players who other teams might be interested in. Could they trade one of those for a, a decent starting pitcher or a really good reliever? Yeah, maybe. Oh, that leads exactly in what I was going to ask next. Should they actually trade some of their immense young talent for pitching before the deadline? Should they do it? I, I think you have to, you'd have to look at the exact deal, but I, I think there's definitely an argument to be made that they have, they still, even after trading Dalton Varsho this offseason, in what's turned out to be, you know, I, I think everyone's going to be okay with that deal, but I'd say right now the Diamondbacks are happier with it given the performance of Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and, you know, Moreno stepping in while Kelly was out and kind of establishing himself. Uh, I think you have to consider it, whether it's, you know, someone who sees a real future in Alec Thomas, someone who thinks they can unlock more from Jake McCarthy. Uh, it, it could even be further down the line if they have a strong feel on which of Emmanuel Rivera and Josh Rojas they prefer going forward. Could one of those guys be attractive to another team? I I think they just have so many position player options right now that they absolutely have to at least consider what type of pitcher they could get back for one of those guys. Okay, kind of continuing that line of thinking here, we're talking with Zach Kreiser from Yahoo. Are there difference-making starting pitchers who might be available? And if so, who might they be? Well, there are not many who have looked like difference makers this year, I would say. Uh, but there are certainly guys been difference makers in the past. There's sort of a weird thing happening where, you know, if you look at the White Sox and the Guardians, those two teams that are far below their expectations for this year and I think maybe two of the more likely sellers, have guys like Dylan Cease and Shane Bieber who have been top of the Cy Young ballot type guys. Bieber actually won one. And they just don't look like themselves this year necessarily. And that's part of the important scouting process between now and the end of July is determining, okay, is this an injury issue that's going to keep them out for the rest of the year and make them less useful? Is it something mechanical that can be changed? Is it pitch selection that can be changed? Uh, a lot of that is going to be going into making decisions about who is the best to acquire and who's the best to put resources into. I think if you look at a guy like Dylan Cease, to me, he makes a lot of sense as a pitcher who fits Brent Strom's profile, a rising fastball guy who he has yeah. worked with well in the past. Uh, and he's also a guy who's not coming up on free agency that soon, which gives him a, a better chance to grow alongside this uh, young Diamondbacks team that, you know, even as they look very positive in 2023, I don't think anyone with that organization thinks that 2023 is their very best chance at glory. I mean, this team is going to keep growing for a few more years. You know, back to the bullpen theme here, the Dodgers pen. After you know, 
four or five meltdowns now over the last week, including last night. They are dead last in the National League in bullpen or run average. Would or should the Dodgers be willing to trade some of their you know immense you know, prospect talent for relief help? It, it it wouldn't necessarily fit how they've operated recently. They've been much more of the big fishermen. They they will trade top level prospects, but for serious star power like Max Scherzer, like Trey Turner like you Darvish back in the day. That's where they have concentrated their efforts. But I I would not be surprised if they did try to take a swing. I, I think they probably do have uh, their late-inning guy already. I think Evan Phillips is a, a, an extremely good late-inning reliever. So I, I don't know that they need to go out and get someone closer. It may be another situation where they go out trawling for – guys kind of a lot of guys that they think they can get for cheap and then winnow down to one or two who actually wind up helping them i would be a little surprised if they sent out uh, a top level prospect for a relief arm but i I think you could see maybe someone like michael bush who's who's a very good hitting prospect but doesn't necessarily have a lot of defensive value uh, and also is kind of blocked in L.A., I would imagine that he might be a, the, this, the type of prospect where you start thinking, okay, maybe this is someone we'd trade for a really good reliever. Okay, staying with the Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw, Tony Gonsolin, you know, Bobby Miller, who's been really good since he got called up. Hopefully for them, a healthy Julio Urias. Is that enough starting pitching, or should they be looking to add rotation help also? I think some of it depends on where they believe Justin May, Ryan Pepio are, where if they think Gavin Stone can succeed in the relatively near future. uh, I think all of those guys are going to play a role in determining how aggressively they pursue starting pitching. But if you think Bobby Miller, he's not going to be as good as he has been so far. Obviously, he's incredible. But if you think he's a guy you feel confident throwing as a game three game four starter in the playoffs then Kershaw and Urias is a really great one too and it would not be the first thing I'd think to upgrade on the Dodgers as long as there's uh, kind of stability health-wise between now and the deadline all right should should the Padres be in this NL West conversation and can they fix their somewhat surprisingly bad offense yeah, I mean, the later it goes, the more you just kind of wonder if it can click fast enough. Uh, you know, we saw the Phillies last year were in a much worse position and wound up in the World Series. Uh, it, it's not that anything is impossible or that it's not doable. I, I think the problem for the Padres is just they've already spent so much of their talent capital to build the team that they already have. And that team is just not a very deep lineup. Uh, they've, they had struggles with Machado, injuries with Machado. Xander Bogarts has fallen off a bit after a hot start. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. is playing great. Juan Soto has come on after a cold start. So I think they're going to keep ascending. I would still pick them to surpass the Giants and, and get into the wild card hunt right now. 
but they really do have a problem at the bottom of the roster where they need to find some creative solutions to build out a lineup that has a chance of scoring when the seven, eight, nine hitters are up and not only when one through five are batting. Uh, you know, they've, they've had success with Gary Sanchez all of a sudden, which that's the type of thing they're going to need to just yeah. constantly be monitoring to see if they can put together a deeper team. Talking with Zach Kreiser from Yahoo. Okay, away from the NL West here. We've witnessed the Mets and the Yankees the last two nights. Which team is in bigger trouble? Uh, the Mets. The Mets, the Mets are still in bigger trouble. Uh, I think the Yankees, they have once again run into an issue where their offense just tanks when Aaron Judge is not in the lineup. Uh, unless this toe injury is way more serious than we believe it to be, they're going to get Aaron Judge back. And not that that's a great way to build a team and rely upon one guy to carry you, but if you're going to rely on one guy, Aaron Judge is a good one. So I'm not overly concerned about the Yankees' long-term hopes. They're obviously in a very difficult division, and that's going to be a tough playoff race in the AL. But the Mets have bigger problems in that almost their entire team is underperforming career norms. And they're not a young team to where you expect all of those to swing back forward. There are a lot of guys who may actually just be in decline now. Obviously, the big one right now is Max Scherzer, who's had difficulty with his slider in a lot of starts this year and has not really figured out a way to work through the middle innings successfully. And they don't have pitchers under the age of 30 who they believe in at all. Uh, so they're going to have to make some tough decisions about whether they can stay the course and rebound and get back into the playoff picture or whether they need to take some more drastic action. And I, I don't think there are a lot of obvious drastic moves the Mets could make. I, I think they're kind of stuck, you know, staying the course and hoping it gets better, which is tougher to do when you have a lot of guys in their mid-30s. Okay, Zach, you're reading my mind. I don't wish that on anybody because I was going to get to Max Scherzer next. Uh, he's blown big leads in his last two starts. He now has a 445 run average. His whip is at 124 after 11 starts this year. Is this career wear and tear, or is he just, like, broken right now for whatever reason? I think it's – I was looking at the numbers. I was at his Subway Series start the other night, and – if you look through the first three innings of his starts this year, it looks pretty much identical to how he's pitched the past few years when he's been undeniable all-star, occasional Cy Young vote-getter, ace of a set. Uh, and then from the fourth inning on, he's really run into just trouble. Uh, he's hanging sliders, giving up hard contact. Try, it seems like he's almost trying to work too efficiently. You know, He's trusting his stuff to a degree that is just not sustainable, putting it in the zone and it's getting hit. Uh, and so I wonder if this is some combination of the pitch timer taking a toll on older pitchers, if it's a matter of just having you know his breaking stuff be a little bit off and trusting it too much because he's always been able to trust it, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes in there, but I, I don't think he's necessarily broken in the sense that he doesn't have it anymore because at the beginning of starts, he seems to have it. 
It's just how does he maintain that through stars? Is, is there some tactical or strategic change he needs to make? Because he's not uh, going to be able to pitch exactly the same as he always has, can he make an adjustment that gets him a little bit deeper into games and doesn't lead to the same sort of blown leads and collapses in the middle of the game that he's been experiencing? The Mets and the Yankees. Okay, the Mets are in the less competitive, let's call it, National League, and the Yankees are in the very competitive American League. Do the Mets and Yankees both miss the playoffs? I I don't think they will both miss the playoffs. I I think, especially the Yankees, I have a pretty good feeling that they will still make it. I don't. They're not going to win the division. I'd be very. Very surprised if anyone at this point overtakes the Rays. Uh, but if you look at the, the base the Yankees are operating from, they they have done all of this without Carlos Rodon. I watched him throw live batting practice this week. It looks like he's progressing toward coming back, and he's yet to pitch for the Yankees since signing that deal. Uh, they're going to ideally have more Aaron Judge in the second half than they've had in the first half. Uh, Harrison Bader, you can't really trust him to stay on the field either, but theoretically they'd have more of that. I, I, I like the Yankees' chances of winning at least a wild card in the AL. I think Fangraphs has their playoff odds right at 70% right now to make the playoffs, whereas the Mets are down at 32%. Um, so would one of them miss the playoffs? Yeah, I think that's very much on the board, but I, I'd be pretty surprised if both of them did. Did you see uh, Rodon nail uh, Willie Calhoun? <laughs> I did, yes. <laughs> oh, that, that, I, I didn't see a video of it. It sounded painful just from the description I heard. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think Calhoun's had some arm injuries from hit-by-pitches before, so he was uh, oh. kind of scared by it, but he, he wound up staying. And he, you know, When he came out of the trainer's room, he, he said he was okay. It was just a... A thing where it hit, you know, the nerve, and his arm went a little numb for a minute, but he was okay after that. Willie Calhoun, who has an Arizona background with his amateur days. All right, Zach, this has been tremendous. Always look forward to doing it. We'll do it again. Have fun, and uh, I wish I were in New York City and watching some of what you saw the last few days. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. All right, next segment: phone call time, six zero two two sixty ten sixty, and also today's local roundup. We'll get to uh, some Diamondbacks from last night, time pending. And uh, if you want to get in phone call-wise, you know, I'll you know, reserve most of that for you if you want to jump aboard. In fact, almost all of it will be for you if you want to get in right now. 602-260-1060, general discussion. Uh, doesn't have, obviously, a big baseball theme today with both poll questions and you know the last segment with Zach. But uh, that's going to try to do that at least once a week. It's usually Tuesdays, but uh, I was out doing a – you know, the latest blood test, and the good news is that I still have blood, so that was confirmed. Uh, the bad news, there's no bad news yet. I don't think there's bad news. I actually heard from the doctor about the test results this afternoon, so I'll get back to you one way or another on the if there's any bad news. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. It's time for today's National Roundup. All right, final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Quickly for the baseball scoreboard last night, Garrett Cole and, uh, Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander were dealing early. 
Uh, but Brandon Nimmo hit a game-ending uh, double in the 10th inning, and the Mets uh, answered a string of they were really they made some incredibly dumb plays in this game, uh, but they ended up winning the game four to three. And got a two-game Subway Series split, uh, round one of the Subway Series. They'll have another round here at some point. I'm not exactly sure, but that's the deal there. Uh, But uh, Cole and Verlander combined. uh, They allowed only two runs in uh, 12 innings, 14 strikeouts, and zero walks last night. Meanwhile, the the Dodgers' bullpen failed again. The White Sox scored runs in the eighth and three more. Three runs in the eighth, three, uh, three more in the ninth. And uh, they blew Clayton Kershaw's lead in an eventual 8-4 loss uh, in the, uh, to the, for the Dodgers and the White Sox victory. Uh, Jake Berger homered twice on a night where nobody could seem to hit a home run, even though they killed the ball, but not Jake Berger. He didn't have a problem, uh, including a two-run shot that tied it at four in the eighth inning. And the White Sox snapped a three-game losing streak. Uh, Max Muncy out of the lineup for a second straight game. What was diagnosed as a grade two strain of the hamstring. They say he could be back on Saturday. That just kind of seems to contradict itself. Grade two, that's, I can't imagine he's going to be back in a couple of days, but hopefully he is. Meanwhile, Julio Urias, the hamstring through a bullpen session. And uh, the latest the Dodgers uh, came up with a uh, you know, timetable for him is he'll throw another bullpen session in a few days. The Rays finally beat the swinging A's, so the Rays beat the A's. Josh Lowe singled home the go-ahead run in the fifth inning. Tampa Bay beat Oakland last night 6-3. to This is a night after, you know, the uh, you know the protest when 27,759 came. The reverse boycott, they called it. They showed up on Tuesday night. On Wednesday night, it was back to the A's. Uh, an announced crowd of 7,055. I heard uh, part of the Rays broadcast, and they didn't think there were more than 2,500 people in the building, but, uh, you know, that's tickets sold, so 7,055. So there's that. Uh, They conclude their three-game series today. Taj Bradley gets the start against Paul Blackburn. Uh, Meanwhile, a couple of quick key injuries from yesterday. Lance McCullers, Jr. for the Astros, underwent uh, season-ending surgery. Uh, on his right forearm. So that means he will not have pitched at all this season, and it seems highly unlikely he's going to be ready for the start of next season. Uh, So he's been injured, unfortunately, a lot in his career. Mitch Hanniger of the Giants, under he's going to have surgery today. Might already have it this morning, but at some point today, uh, he's going to have uh, surgery to repair a uh, broken right forearm. Unfortunately for Hanniger, former Diamondback, uh, he's been injured frequently in his career, now 32, and it looks like he's going to be out for the rest of the season. Uh, the last I, I saw a prognosis that said uh, the broken forearm fracture, three to six month recovery time. So I can't imagine there's a scenario where he plays again this season. And the Royals are bad, and this isn't going to help. Vinny Pasquantino, uh, their uh, you know, hot prospect for a spaceman who's been underachieving this year hitting just 247 he's out for the season he has a torn labrum in his right shoulder so the royals uh their record almost as bad now as the oakland athletics all right stay tuned the next two hours is the extra point hosted by kayla that include more phone call time 602-260-1060 this has been the sports zone with bob kemp thanks for listening 
Have a great rest of the day and stay tuned. We got more coming. Two more hours of uh, sparkling, outstanding, at least on Kayla's side of things, uh, local radio programming. I'll try to follow along.